Let's talk about a park, a park that is the center of attention. It is uh, because it's one of the city's most historical parks. We're talking about Allen Gardens, and um, Allen Gardens is right now going through a multi-million dollar um, renovation to its very historic and elegant conservatories. But, like, who's going to go? Who's going to go given the state of the park, which has been taken over by a growing shantytown, complete with tents and tarped covers and shacks, now filled with homeless people. Apparently, they've got their own mayor now. Uh, the park is treated like a private party, according to people who live around there. You've got 24-hour-a-day singing, music. Some of the people have pet uh, raccoons, a lot of dogs. They've got native fires burning out in the open, and um, others say lots of open drug use. Lots of drug sales, sex assaults, stabbings, and now around-the-clock crime. Which apparently is um, almost being normalized by the city, which brought in porta-potties. I guess they're just too scared to enforce laws, which state very clearly, city parks are for the entire public. They're not a place to call home. So why is the city allowing it? Let's ask uh, the city councillor who is trying to deal with this, Chris Moise, uh, joining us here. Good to have you. Hi, thank you for having me this morning. So why is it so difficult? I mean, I understand there are a lot of challenges, but um, it, it, you know, you are raising concerns about this. Certainly the rate residents around the area were raising concerns about this. And instead of kind of, uh, you know, discouraging it, you know, they had the city bringing in porta potties and it's almost just kind of like they're, they're too scared to do anything. I mean, to be fair, city staff's been working around the clock trying to house people that are in the park. We have to remember these people are the most vulnerable in our society. You know, they have mental health. Some have mental health health issues, addiction issues, uh, you know, and uh, through life circumstance, they've gotten where they are. And so since becoming uh, city councilor in the last six months, I have to say it's been the most my most challenging file. Mm-hmm. Um, we've housed about 60 people, uh, some permanently uh, into permanent housing and others into shelters. And, um, you know, just just provide the help that's needed. But uh, we were down to 11 at one point. Um, and unfortunately, we're up now, I think, to 89 encampments. Uh, it's heading in the wrong it's heading in the wrong direction. We've had yeah. many uh, disturbing issues there, as you've mentioned, um, and I'm trying to really be so empathy to the community, uh, the people that are in the park, uh, rather than just kicking them out. I'm really just trying to find some sort of housing for them. But, uh, you know, it's just it's difficult. It's going the wrong direction. I know we're in a housing crisis. I know that a lot's happening. Um, and, you know, again, we know that housing is the key because once you actually house people, you can actually give them medication that they need. They, you know, they can eat regularly. They can sleep regularly, right? All these things. I understand all that. But there's also a contingent of people in the park who actually refuse all services from us in that when city staff comes in the park, they'll actually leave. And then when city staff leaves, they come back, Right. Right. Uh, we mentioned that you know there's there are drug uh, uh, dealers in the park. You know, yeah. just two days ago, um, the police actually arrested a, a homicide suspect. Uh, you know, who, who committed a crime uh, at, in front of 277 Victoria Street. Right, so they found that suspect there. 
So again, uh, so right, like, like, so you've got a population that we want to be empathetic to, but we also know that there is a criminal element that that whether they exploit these groups or just want to mix in, whatever. We've got people that shouldn't be there, um, and and by the laws and the books, Chris, they don't, uh, counselor, they don't have the right to be there. And the concern becomes the longer this is there. Like I drove down there, I think a week and a half ago. There were not eighty nine, and so the numbers are going the wrong way. And the more there are, the harder it is to move these things out because we don't want to normalize these things and we also don't want a situation where possibly someone files some kind of suit like they did in waterloo and then this becomes you know a a thing where we have to allow people to live in the parks because we don't have enough shelter space albeit i think toronto's situation is different than let's say kitchener uh, waterloo well i mean this is really a bigger problem than toronto it's it's really a provincial Issue, and I wish you know the province would come on board as well. Like we have people moving, but they're still not going to build the housing overnight. Like we're still, uh, even if we got housing built, like it's going to take a couple of years. I know, I know. I mean, in you know? 2021 to 22, we we went from 6,000 shelters in the city of Toronto to 9,000 shelters, and we're still right. busting at the seams, right? You know, this is not, there's not a band-aid solution to this very difficult problem. No, but but but, people, I, but at the city the city saw this coming, and no one bothered to tell Mr. Trudeau, look, you're letting all these people in, they're taking shelter spaces and pushing others out, and now we're, you know, they're not paying the bill, we're short money, and we have no shelter spaces. And so it's like it was allowed to happen, uh, and, it, and it, now it, it, I don't know how to clean this, you know. <laughs> It. it is it is complex, yes, right? I mean, I, I, I don't want to throw anyone under the, under the bus, but I know that at council last week, we actually uh, sent a letter to the federal government asking for more supports for housing for uh, refugees coming in. I get it. But um, again, my goal at this point is to actually um, remove the people from the park, find them places to live so that the community can actually use the park again. The problem is, though, that the people that are in the park as well are also being victimized again, right? They're being victimized by those that are in the encampments. Um, and also the people that live around the, the park are also being victimized. No, It's a non-win situation for nobody. And so really, for me, priority number one is actually getting people uh, into shelters or some type of housing and have the park be used again as it's meant to be used. You know, Allen Gardens is a jewel of the city, and it needs to be treated as such, where everyone should come to the park and use it. And as you mentioned, yes, we're spending over a million dollars to restore the park right now, and, you know, it can be used in the way that it's meant to be used. So I I, I, I know the frustration, because I actually live close to Allen Gardens myself. Yeah. And so when I, on my route to and from work, you know, like, I pass by the park, and I see the mayhem and the chaos that's there. And it's a non-winning situation. And it's not sustainable. And, you know, I have brought a, a, a task force together. You know, I have the city manager and all heads of department uh, at the table to try and mitigate this situation. And as of last week, I actually brought a task force together with community uh, leaders and agencies to help me deal with the what's happening in the park, right? So again, yeah. it's, it's, it's not sustainable. I, I, I've done all that I can as an elected official within mm. the, the, the capacity that I have to, to, to do what I can. 
And I yep. still feel that it's not enough. So uh, to be honest, I'm at my wit's end. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you are. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm out of time, but uh, happy to put some noise on this because it's going to take some leadership. You can't do it alone, yeah. but they can't stay. And uh, frankly, um, the longer they stay, the more problematic it becomes uh, for setting a precedent. Nonetheless, Councillor, happy to keep uh, talking about this until we get some kind of action on it. And uh, stay tuned. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. There you go. That's Toronto City Councilor for Ward 13, uh, Chris Moise, who has been working on this. And, and you can be empathetic to a point, but at, at some point, then you have to say, look, enough. We can't, we can't run a city like this. You just can't.